Welcome back to Troubleshooting Agile. Hi there, Jeffrey. Hi, Squirrel. And today's a, a special uh, edition of our podcast. It certainly is. The very last day. Yeah, the last not day. of the podcast, though. Yeah, not of the podcast, but the last episode that I'll record uh, from London. So I'll be moving to California. By the time this comes out, I should be in California. And uh, so returning back to where I was almost 10 years ago uh, before you and I started working together, Tim. So it's a, a momentous podcast for that uh, reason alone, although perhaps maybe we can even make it more momentous by having a great topic to discuss. We can certainly try to do that. And, but don't worry that it's not the end of the podcast. I was only joking. Uh, it's simply <laughs> that we now become a uh, multi-continental podcast. So we'll, we'll be continuing just the same way. And the internet is amazing. So uh, I think uh, the, the speed of light between California and, and the UK is uh, uh, will, will not be uh, a barrier to us in, in communicating. <laughs> Good stuff. So what we want to do, though, is talk about something quite different, which is uh, a, a topic that came up in our joint coaching, which we're also continuing, um, uh, even uh, by coastally, by continentally. Uh, and, and it came up with like everybody we talked to on one day, which was really fun. <laughs> Jeffrey, do you want to describe it? It was kind of a recursive decision-making procedure. Yeah, I, I will bring it up. And it's it, it is funny how there are days that where each conversation is different, but sometimes they rhyme. And uh, and this this day was like that, and and what we were dealing with is uh, a scenario where there was a certain amount of uh, conflict, which is pretty common, but this time it was a it was a particular type of conflict, and and uh, the the one I have most in mind right now, which I think was pretty exemplary, was a scenario where there were uh, the person we were coaching had a view on something that should happen, and the person that they were talking to actually shared the view that they, they had a similar view of what the priorities would be. However, the belief was that, you know, this idea of the, the change they wanted to make to, you know, what should happen uh, contradicted. Uh, that's something that the other person felt that they had to do, that they'd been given direction to do something else. So conflict of priorities. And I, I, this is a scenario that comes up actually pretty frequently in, in, my own world, you have something where maybe there's some OKRs or something that's been set as a, you know, the priority for some period of time, and then something comes up and it, and it seems like, well, how do we respond? Do we, do we change based on the new information or do we stick to the plan and different people have different information and, and different views? So that was, that was kind of the scenario that we uh, were with, which was this, this sort of dilemma. And now I think that the, for a coaching aspect <clears throat> and what often presents is that person we're talking to feels very frustrated. They feel stuck. Like there's this thing that needs to happen, but it's not going to happen because of, you know, the priorities that have been set and it feels like there's nowhere to go. Those other people, those people far away that I can't talk to, they, yeah. they said, we have to do this. That's right. And exactly. And, 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 and even though I'm, I'm trying to convince this other person that we should act now and this, the, the, you know, if it was enough to just convince that person, great, but the person actually is already convinced. So there's, it feels like now there's nothing we can do. And, uh, and therefore, that's the source of frustration. So we, we took a different approach. Uh, we said, look, this is, not, this is not the end of the conversation, what you uh, need to bring up here. And this is true whether or not the other person is convinced. If you, this also comes up when the other person disagrees with you. And you said, we have a different view of the priorities or a different view of what should be done. And this is this question, which is uh, rather than saying, you know, do my way, or <laughs> instead you ask the question, say, well, you know, how will the company decide? You and I have a different idea of what the priorities are about what the right thing would do, but how would the company decide which of us are right or which of these two paths to follow? 
And, and that that question um, uh, we found served as a, a very useful uh, invitation to them, and really changed the way that they were viewing the conversation. And then, of course, the possibility is that the answer could be, well, we have to go see those other people. You know, it's those other people over there. You know, it's their problem, or not even that we have to go see them. But you know, it's, it's uh, that other team hasn't prioritized this work, or we can't get it through the operations team to get it deployed, or the um, uh, regulator will never agree. Something like that. And and then we have a kind of a recursive approach. Yeah. Did you want to explain that? <laughs> well, we, the 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 one that I have in mind is is that, you know we it comes up in different ways. If we're if we um, you know disagree about about how the the company we might disagree about you know how the company decided or who who would be the person to decide, and then we would say well then well how does the company decide how the company decides? <laughs> so it, it it gets a bit meta here where we're we're saying. You know, it's uh, okay. You know, we, we have a, a disagreement in in fact, and but there should be a way for the company to resolve this. Um, we're not sure where it is, and it, and it could be that we need to go to you know your boss or my boss or someone else, some some executive. It could be that different executives are stakeholders, and those executives disagree. That that doesn't mean we're done. We just say, well, great. Uh, in that case, how does the executive team decide? <laughs> and and it, and it's still there might be blocking. You say, well, then, well, you know, how might the CEO decide, or how does the board decide? You know, this is kind of this can keep going uh, as far as the uh, until you get to a point where there's a agreement about how decisions would be made, which could include agreement not to do the thing that you have been advocating this whole time. So yes. the the part of the point is that you're you're grabbing hold of something that you think is important and carrying it as far as you need to and taking responsibility for the resolution, but not being the um, uh, Im immovable object that meets the irresistible force. Instead, being the person <laughs> who says, this is a contradiction, we need to do something about it. And, and the fun thing is I got to apply this the next day. So it wasn't just our joint coaching, but, but I had someone I was coaching the next day who had a, a similar situation in his uh, software development team. He, he believed that we had kind of got to a, a good state with one particular project. He had focused a lot of his time and energy on it. He thought it was in, in good shape, in good hands, and he could um, be more effective if he and, and some members of his team worked on a different project. And they, we wouldn't abandon the first one, but the first one had had a lot of care and attention and, and white glove uh, hand, care and hand feeding. And he thought, gosh, this isn't needed. And he said, Squirrel, the problem is that uh, the, the um, person above me in the organization uh, would, would definitely know what he's going to say because he says it all the time. That's our most important client. We need to take care of them. Strategic things, uh, addressing problems in the code, um, looking for our next market, hiring more people, those are all less important than this particular client. So put your nose to the grindstone, make this client successful. And my guy just kept saying, well, I, I just, I, 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 I don't see it that way. And uh, I'm, I'm not convinced of it. I, I don't see that that's the, the best thing to do. I can't see what I would contribute. I can't see that that would be the best way to use our resources. And I said, the, the, the trick for you is to have the conversation about what thing we might do next without um, uh, being immovable on it. Uh, so it, it could very well be that the next thing we need to do is uh, to continue on this project. But that means that we're going to be trading something else off, and the company should make a decision about that. The company should have a, 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 an institutional memory of its decision, and it should do so with full information. Otherwise, 
people in the rest of the organization, the board of directors, somebody like that is going to say, why didn't you ever tell us? We didn't know. <laughs> you told us we didn't have this information. And they'll be right. So one of the things that is very helpful here, and it's, it's you know, I don't think I've ever read it in an agile development book, because they're, they're, those are usually all about how to kind of get your prioritization made and and vote on on poker, playing with poker and so on. It's, it's, it's very helpful in the tactical situation where you're trying to make a strategic decision. You may have to carry it a long way beyond your organization in order to uh, discover the contradictions, force the company to, con to um, confront them, and they may make a decision that's counter to, to where you think it should go. But if you make sure the decision is made explicitly, it'll be helpful. So in, in a different case, that one of the ones that we were looking at together, the, the question was, are we, are we headed for a technical disaster? And do we want to continue pedaling madly toward the cliff and, <laughs> and waiting for the disaster to come? The answer might have been yes. But the problem in that case, a little different from my case the next day, that nobody ever got a chance to decide. So uh, if, if you're looking at terrible technical debt, if you're looking at a, a, a major feature hole, something that you're seeing in your agile team that isn't happening the way that you would like it to happen, and you haven't helped the company to make a decision about it, that's, that's on you. That's your responsibility, and it is legitimate for someone to come to you later and said, you never told me. That's putting an awful lot of responsibility on you, but the good news is it's putting responsibility on you so you can do something about it. That, that's right. There, there, there was a number of points you made there I'd like to just uh, emphasize because when it comes down to execution of this strategy we're talking about, it helps. It, it will only work if you really have the right mindset. Um, and so uh, there were three elements here about mindset that I think is worth mentioning. Uh, and one was a very tactical choice of words. Um, so I'll start actually with the tactical choice of words, because I think it's very helpful, which is you use the word trade-off. And, and you said between these two things, there are trade-offs. And I think this is, this, this is, you could say this is in part actually, you know, something that comes from a mindset saying that, you know, both decisions, either decision or really any decision can be acceptable as long as we know what trade-offs we're making. And that's a different place to come from than this is the right decision and that's the wrong decision. Oh, so Jeffrey, this is the best practice. This is what all <laughs> the other companies are doing. Uh, Netflix does it this way. So we should. We, shouldn't we? This is the right way. Now, you're allowed to advocate. You're advocating, we'd say, we would recommend you advocate in terms of trade-offs. You know, we're valuing X over Y. Because that you know that now that is the idea that some there is some some worlds some circumstances where you might value you know y over x your example of do we keep pedaling madly you know towards this cliff well it could be if we're you know if we know there's something before the cliff that's really valuable <laughs> so it's like yes take you know three more pedals to the cliff then stop <laughs> and once we have that valuable thing then you can go fix the problem that might be a perfectly rational thing to do so that so that 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 tactical point of a trade off i'm going to i'm bringing and i'm in picture i'm saying here it, it, there's partially that's mindset, but really that's the language. Introducing the language of trade-offs into the conversation can be very helpful because it helps get other people into that same mindset. Uh, it, now, what are the mindsets here? Because I mentioned three of them uh, that I heard in what you were describing. And one, the most important one is uh, you're, you're not, you're choosing mutual learning instead of unilateral control. And and I, and I think we'll put it something in the show notes to our past episodes on on this. The uh, the idea here is that it can be when you're so convinced that you're right about the right thing to do, it, and you it's the natural 
instinct is to use this unilateral control model to want to make sure you get your way, you get the quote unquote right answer. And that's what leads to sort of unproductive conflict. What we're here in the mindset is we're moving to a mutual learning and 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 uh, we might even go further and say in the sort of eight behaviors world, uh, can link in the show notes, there's this jointly designed next, next steps. And that's what we're trying to do here explicitly. We're saying, well, what's the next step? We should take this, if you and I can't resolve it ourselves, we should take it somewhere else. So how will the company decide where should we go? And the last point uh, that I would mention here as far as the, the mindset is you you mentioned this idea of of uh, taking ownership for something that would might feel far away. Yeah, and, come on, I'm just a system admin. I mean, why am I supposed to worry about whether the site is is uh, uh, not performing for users? Um, uh, you know, I'm I'm supposed to make sure it's up, but whether it's performing <laughs> or not, that's a developer question. So why why am I worrying about uh, uh, speed of response? Yeah, that that's right, and and, it, and it's a very natural thing for people to to shrink within their zone of control. Their zone of comfort, where, where, yeah. you're, where you're feeling happy and that you can avoid conflict. That's right, even even more. But we're, what, we're, what we're recommending here is a, is a more high agency approach, which is to say, you're the one with the information. You're the one, you believe you've seen something. And if other people could see what you could see, they would probably value a different decision. That's your hypothesis. That's what's motivating you. And, and then we're saying, we'll have the agency to follow up on that. And, uh, and that if you take that sort of, uh, control in, in, in my experience that that leads to not just better outcomes, but it's much more fun <laughs> in, in, uh, in the book drive, Daniel Pink talks about autonomy, purpose, and, and mastery. And this is sort of using your autonomy. You know, you've seen this and now you, you've, this is a, we're trying to give you a way to use the instincts you have to then take forward into a, a, a positive, constructive conversation. You know, although, and, and again, th this is not something you do to make sure you get your way, make sure the right thing happens. You're doing it to raise it to make sure it's an explicit decision. So it's very important when you approach this that you do so in a spirit of, you know, the company can make whatever decision it wants, but what would be valuable if the company makes a conscious decision while considering these trade-offs? So then, of course, what will happen is, is when the, the bad thing happens, and often you're balancing risks here, the trade-off is a risk of something bad happening or a risk that um, uh, you won't recognize an opportunity, you won't build a feature, you won't uh, uh, be, be able to um, take advantage of a new technology or something. And, and if that risk then is born to fruition, if it, if it actually occurs, then the, the trick is definitely not to say, I told you so, because that won't help your case either, but to say, Ah, so this is one of those things we considered, right? And we said that if this happened, we would do that. Does everybody remember that? Uh, that that's a way of um, uh, uh, ensuring that the decision, if it's made well, then gets executed. Well, we said that if the client became unhappy as a result of bad performance, then we would reprioritize, and I would go and help the the development team tune. You know, should I do that on Monday or Tuesday? That would be a way of presenting with high agency the result without blaming anyone or saying it's bad because it isn't. We made the decision. We took the risk. The event occurred. Now we have an angry client. What are we doing about that? Well, we plan to do this. What, what, are, are we ready to do that plan? Um, th this is one that uh, I was advocating to someone and yet another example I just thought of. Uh, there, there's a, a team that ha is, is having real trouble um, uh, getting over some risk. And, and so they, the person I was coaching said, uh, I asked him one of your classic questions, Jeffrey. I said, why can't we do that tomorrow, that thing that would cause us risk? And he said, oh, 
I mean, the, the rest of the company would be really unhappy, but you know, we have to avoid errors and problems and, and things going wrong. And I said, have you verified that? And he said, well, actually, no. I said, I have the feeling that they might be willing to take the risk and to agree to actions like manually restoring data or phoning angry customers and uh, uh, mollifying them or, or doing other actions, which then would allow you to take more risk. And then you could actually take the step today, which of course then decreases your risk later because he was planning a, a big bang, you know, turn it all on, all on one day. Right. And I said, that's, that's less likely to work. That seems very high risk. Why don't we take a lower risk of a different thing and let's do it tomorrow instead of a few weeks from now. And so as far as I know, he's off making that happen right now. Very nice. <laughs> well, there's, there's a lot to this topic because the, the different kind of scenarios where this might come up are, are, are plentiful. Um, but with the, you know, I think would love to hear from, from listeners if, if this is something that they can see how they could apply in their scenario or if they've tried applying it, is there some reason it you know, hasn't worked? Um, there's, there's so many different scenarios where, where I think this is applicable. And I'm, I'm hoping that uh, people will find a, a place for it in their, in their toolkit. That would be fantastic. And of course, if you want to tell us about it, or if you want to disagree and tell us that the tools don't work, or that there's a scenario where you disagree with us, that would be great. You can do all of that at agileconversations.com. You find Twitter and email and all the other good things for getting in touch with us, which we very much like. So, and of course, you can get back to us as soon as next Wednesday, although it'll be multi-country, uh, not multilingual yet, but at least uh, uh, multiple jurisdictions that we'll be uh, recording from should be just the same service back here on Wednesday next week. And we'll see you then. Thanks, Jeffrey. Thanks, Grohl.